Hi, welcome to Table Read, the show where I, Aloni, armed with the power of pure cringe, painstakingly craft stories for a vast, indifferent, and judgmental internet. Look away now before you die of secondhand embarrassment. This week, I read three scenes from Deborah's Star. You have been warned. Exterior, deep space. Out in the vast, expansive darkness of space, we only see black. The sound of radio broadcasts can be heard. Space begins to warp as the stars move. All sound warps and twists as the radio signals go in and out of static. A storm of lightning and thunder fills the dark sky as a portal appears. A small satellite warps into the vastness of space, damaged by its own spectral lightning. Charred and damaged, the onboard camera turns and an iris opens on the satellite, revealing a massive telescope. Through the eyes of the satellite, a massive frame of metal and panels floats in the distance. The telescope focuses and magnifies to look at the massive metal construct in its wake. The station turns as the light behind it begins to grow. The metal panels that make up its smooth surface crack again. The station opens, revealing the massive star inside. A second storm begins as the station turns. The radio fades back in as the static forms receiving data. The satellite sends a radio broadcast into the newly opened portal. The camera floats into the portal. As space rushes by, we see the beauty of subspace. The stars flicker and warp as the laws of physics change. The Earth glows in the distance. A star twinkles in the distance, blinking. The edges of space around it grow dark as we realize this is the lens of a telescope. Exterior, interior, Anning House, night, 1997. On a hill under a tree, just outside a small house, a man stands amazed as he looks through the telescope. Deb, Deborah, it's here. Inside the house on a TV screen is the movie Contact with Jodie Foster. The living room has a 90s aesthetic as a young girl, 14 years old, amazed by the film in front of her, looks outside. Yeah, what? I'm watching a movie. In the distance, her dad says, It's here. Uh Uh-huh, I'm watching Contact. You're gonna miss it. Deb ignores him and eats from a large plastic bowl holding popcorn. You can watch that anytime. This only happens every three years. Deb. Her dad walks up and pauses the movie. Hey, I'm watching that. Come on, you'll regret this. Out on the hill, Deb looks into the scope and sees the light flicker as she is amazed. Cool. Why is it blinking? Nobody knows. Really? What's it called? It's the most beautiful star in the sky. Your mom named you after it. Deb looks sad at the mention of her mother's name. 
but happy at the star being named after her. Deborah's star. Her and her dad look at the sky on top of the hill, watching the stars. As the title appears, a montage begins. Deb's dad buys her a telescope and sets it up in her window. She looks through the new scope, but she is three years older now, a poster of contact on her bedroom wall. We rotate around her, three years passing each time we pass the lens. It ramps up as she gets older. The star begins to flicker. Now she stares through a massive telescope at the observatory. Scene two, an exciting opportunity. Interior Observatory, 2022. Deborah Anning, 34 years old, played by Scarlett Johansson, sits in a swivel chair and slides over to a monitor. She sees images of the star and the massive blacked out station blocking it. She pulls up multiple images of the star, spectrograms, infrared images, and a digital model. She is recording on her phone's audio recorder. It's September 23rd, 2022. Stars twinkling. Doesn't seem to have changed at all. I still can't tell what the hell is blocking it. I wish I could go there and see it for myself. As she looks at her phone, a face appears on screen. John Jacobs, 42 years old, played by Jake Johnson. She answers it. <sighs> I'm kind of busy, Jake. What do you want? Do you see it? I'm looking at it now. It's amazing. Yeah, it blew my mind. The fact that we have the technology is mind-blowing. What are you talking about? The telescope is three years old. Oh, what? I, I meant the portal. What portal? What are you talking about? No oh, shit. Fuck. Oh, NSA? Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't break the agreement. Shit. What are you talking about? I thought you got the invite. Didn't you sign your NDA? I didn't join. I'm not working for Astro. What? You have to sign it. I told you. I'm not working for them. I want to study this star. I know it doesn't pay well, but I have to look closer at it. I need to know what causes it. Just sign the NDA. They know the answer. Astro makes cars. They send cars into space. Why would they look at a star two solar systems away? Trust me, you need to know. I already said too much. What could you be afraid of? I'm leaving, I gotta go. I've already said enough to get shot. Just sign the NDA. This shit's nuts, you gotta go. Wait. The phone hangs up and Deborah is fascinated. She calls her dad. He answers while he's cooking. Hey. Dad, you know the NDA I wouldn't sign. Jake just told me that I should sign it again. Why don't you sign it? Because I don't want to stop working on the star. I told you a thousand times. If you get fixated on how the star blinks, you're missing the point. But mom literally named me after it. Don't you want to know why it's blinking? She didn't like it because it wasn't explained. She liked it because it looked good. But every five years it blinks. Why five years? Doesn't make any sense. It looks like it just appears, like it's being blocked. But it looks weird. It splits light in the middle. I need to know. Why is it doing this? Just sign the papers. Trust me. Wait, did they talk to you? <sighs> I can't tell you. I had to sign an NDA. Why would they talk to you? They really need your help. Just sign it. Why would I do that? They know about the star. They can help you. Stop being stubborn like your mom and just sign it. Fine. Deb opens the papers on her desk and immediately signs them. As soon as she signs them, she gets a phone call. Ring, 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 ring. What? What the fuck? What? What is it? I signed the paper, and they just called now. They own everything. Maybe they were listening to you. Dad, I'll, I'll call you back. It's probably nothing. Deb answers the phone. Dr. Deborah Anning, 
Yeah? Did you sign the papers? Yeah? Why? Have, have you been spying on me? We needed to know the second you agreed. Is someone fucking with me? This isn't how this shit works. We have a job for you. How much would you like to go to space? Scene 3. Astro Z. Several hours later, Interior, Astro Z Lab. A tour guide speaks to the group. In the group is John, Deborah, and a third person. Hi, I'm Jody, and I'll be your guide through Astro Z Quantum Entanglement Laboratory. The Quell, for short. An attractive man, Captain Jeff Johnson, played by Channing Tatum, astronaut head pilot, stands next to Deborah as the tour guide explains things in the background. Well, you see, over here is uh, this thing. And Hi. Over here I'm is Jeff. this thing. And Hi, I'm, really I'm Deb. I'm sort of in the background. What are you here for? I'm just talking oh, um, astronomer, deep space that expert, nice. astronaut over here. Uh, I'm the captain. Uh, that's a nice thing over there. Shouldn't you already know about this? It's my first day. I don't know much yet. 25 years ago, Astro Z created an interstellar wormhole generating portal called the Arch. John walks up to both of them. How's the tour? Fascinating. Fascinating. John looks at Jeff. Oh shit, you're like super hot. Thanks. No, like way too hot to be a scientist. Uh, I'm an astronaut, actually. Did we really go to the moon? I mean, how could you know, right? We probably weren't there, right? <sighs> I'm guessing you're not a scientist then? No, no, engineer. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Deborah tries to hold in her laugh. And this is Dr. Gordon Thomas, played by Charlie Day, lead engineer and quantum expert. He will now answer any questions you have about the mission. Astro Z has a wormhole arch that will send you across space to the unidentified station orbiting Deborah's star. So, how does it work, Gordon? Gordon stands covered in oil and grease, breathing heavily and moving around quickly. <sighs> well, um, the box, it shoots microwaves out, heats up what's inside, uh, the metal walls, uh, stop it from shooting out, the timer tells you when you need to open it, and ding, you got a nice snack. What? Gordon moves around adjusting metal pipes with a big wrench. As he works, he explains, I just told you how a microwave works, and you didn't understand. Do you really think I can explain quantum mechanics and temporal folding? We don't have time. We get in the shuttle, we go through the arch, we come out at the station, sound waves and pictures come back through, but we can't. All we gotta do is go through, enter the sphere, and build a new arch to come back. If we don't do it fast enough, the window will close, space will shift, and we'll be stuck in there for three to five years. Well, that's not good. No, it's not good. But I don't know about you, but my oxygen is limited. And I don't see any trees in space, do you? No, you don't. I like breathing. Breathing is good. So we just pop in, set up, come back, and you're sure this works. Gordon opens a panel with frayed wires. He stamps his feet and adjusts them as sparks shoot out. Yeah, we've been using the technology for 25 years, but the problem is the navigation. navigation. Navigation? It's amazing how you only exist to ask me stupid questions. Let me show you. Here's a pencil. 
He pulls a pencil out of his pocket and throws the pencil across the room. Now go fetch. I threw it. I have no idea where it's going to land. I know the area, but not the exact spot. You need accuracy, timing, and precision. And we can only do this in a very small window. So please, let me finish my work. He walks off irritated. John walks up to explain. Yeah, he's kind of a dickhead, but look, spacesuits. It's easy. You shoot out, fly in, make some shit, and come back. It's that easy. Then... Why am I here? You know everything about the star. If something goes wrong, we might need your expertise. We got a biologist, three engineers, three astronauts, you, and a doctor. Just in case there are injuries. Injuries? Nobody told me about that. Across the room, Gordon keeps working. There are thousands of ways we could all die. Hit by a bus, falling coconuts, having our eyes boil from the freezing depths of space. But that's how it goes. You could die crossing the street, eating some bad chicken. If you don't want to risk it, you're free to leave. But I want to be the first man to travel two solar systems in an afternoon. So I'm going to finish my checks. John, fucking get over here. John leaves to go do his checks. So, um, what do you do here then? I'm here to make sure nobody dies. I've done a lot of spacewalks, and I've never lost anyone in orbit. Have you ever gone through the arch? No. I didn't even know it existed. But I'm excited. If you believe you're going to survive, then you will. It's that simple. Yeah. John walks up. Is ready. The team enters the shuttle, and it seals shut. <sighs> here we go. I hope we don't just melt like the others. <laughs> what? what? The light from the storm surrounds the shuttle as it is sent into space, exiting our reality with a loud bang. An implosion. We see the light reflected in Deborah's eyes as the wonders of the universe reflect on it. They warp into a debris field, and that is where we end our scene. The end. Wow. You actually listened to all of Deborah's star. That was three scenes of just me talking to myself. Cringiest thing on the planet. Thanks. Bye.